What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Hi, doing well. Doing great. Oh, wow. It is oh, the dog days oh. of summer. It is a gajillion degrees. What was it that? It sounded like... Uh, it sa- uh, Alex, was that Kevin? Was that Tweety? It sounded like Tweety. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Anyway... How you doing, Becky? I'm doing how's, good. How's Star Wars life going? Star Wars life's going all right. Um, I started Dark Disciple, which is yes. exciting. Um, yeah, you did. I actually got like three chapters in and then realized that I did not remember Quinlan Boss from his episode in Clone Wars. So then oh, yeah. stopped, went back and watched that episode of Clone Wars and decided I have to have a crush on him and that that's going <laughs> to help going through the book. Um, right. So yeah, I didn't realize. I guess from like the the front of the book, I didn't realize that it was going to be so much more about like the Jedi and and Obi Wan and stuff. But the conversation they have in the first chapter is about with Mace Windu really taking the position of we need to assassinate Dooku. Yeah, was an interesting thing that because yeah. you really hadn't heard anyone talk so aggressively except for Anakin. Um, so I kind of liked that character addition to Mace Windu. It's not really a spoiler. It happens literally in the first, like, eight pages. Yeah, it's, like, super early. Um, but that was, and I was curious to see what Yoda's reaction was, and Yoda was very measured, and he was like, no, we have to kill him. Like, it's, it's time. And, uh, I found that a really interesting canonical addition to this. Um, and I guess Quinlan Voss is the guy to do it. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm already, (laughs) this is, like, really only the second book I've read. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm into it and I'm excited to keep yeah. going. It's a great book. Um, a lot of that philosophical question. A lot of morality. Happens through it. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Is it just Dark Disciple then? Yes. That's, that's nice. pretty much all I've been up to. And of yeah. course, always playing Galaxy of Heroes. Um, yeah. That's pretty uh, much it. Alex, what do you, what do you uh, mean? We just it? trooped the Star Wars in concert at the Hollywood Bowl, which is a lot of fun. You nice. sent those pictures. It looks so, yeah, it was, so it great. Was great. Yeah. So was that like them showing the movies and playing it, or was it just the? No, it, it was. They showed a new hope, and we got to watch it. And they had the orchestra, the LA Philharmonic, doing yeah. it live. So, it was. Uh, it was really cool. I saw that for two thousand one Space Odyssey a couple years ago, and it was phenomenal. So I can only imagine for Star Wars how much. The fun one that I, was. I really want to do at some point. John Williams does one every year, and he, <clears throat> excuse me, he. Uh, He's there, and he conducts the orchestra, and he does music from all of his movies. So oh, to be able to see awesome. him doing all those would be amazing. So someday, someday, <laughs> right? I want that. <laughs> yeah. The, the set, the way they do it with the screens, it's the setup is just gorgeous. It's a beautiful venue, um, outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's Parking fantastic. is a pain in the butt, but it's it's really cool to see. Oh, I bet parking it's is It's stacked nightmare. parking, so you have to wait till everyone ahead of you can go. So it almost took Ugh. me an hour just to get out of the parking lot. But Yeah, the Greek is even worse. Yeah, I can't imagine it's... doing it in that area, especially with the traffic and the houses and all that right there. Uh, well, I could, where I used to live, I could walk oh, really? to the Greek, so that was... Nice. Yeah. But, yeah. So one thing I miss about L.A., these outdoor theaters yeah. are so nice. Yeah, we don't, in the Bay Area, we don't really have... 
We used to have drive-ins and stuff. The Wait, closest thing you have is uh, where BFD is. Mountain View, right? And so, even yeah, that's not so. the best outdoor venue. They do lots of outdoor film screenings, and they do Star Wars many times around New York. They have, uh, like, in different parks you can see them, and then also the Intrepid. Um, you can watch go watch movies on a, you know, battleship. I think they did, like, Jurassic Park and what? stuff. What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. kind of cool. <laughs> it's very cool. There's actually one, I don't know if they still do it, they used to do one in an abandoned underground subway tunnel, and you actually had to, like, climb down these, like, a ladder, and you could watch a movie in an abandoned tunnel. They do Sounds some... safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially to watch, I think they did scary movies, too, which is, you know, pretty crazy. No, I'd but... love to do, they do Jaws at the beach. I'd yes. love to do Jaws at the beach. That's a great idea. Alamo does it around the country, and they do it. They show it in pools and yeah, stuff, Yeah, that'd, that'd too. be a lot of fun. Uh, right? I love it. <laughs> what about you, Josh? What's Very your cool. Star Wars life like? Oh, man, just a lot more research on the whole Millennium Falcon thing. Oh, yeah? That's just kind of what it's been like. That, that's kind of about it. I've been still toying with the idea of like starting to go back through the saga once again, but... Yeah, I haven't really been uh, reading or anything. I kind of took a break from reading a lot of Star Wars stuff, and I've been going back to um, Lord of the Rings because I got, like, exactly halfway through mm. uh, Lord of the Rings. I was in the middle of Two Towers and stopped, and I'm kind of, and I'm almost done now with Two Towers, so I'm kind of going back through that. And you're listening um, to those, right? Yeah. That's the only way I could do it. I tried to read, <laughs> and... and I can't read those books. They're they hard. are. I mean, I. When people tell me like I tried to read it and it was super boring, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, it is not for the faint of heart. It, it's very. Uh, it. I mean, uh, Tolkien, Tolkien, however you want to say it. I've heard it both ways. I like saying Tolkien because it sounds cooler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tolkien was a professor of like all that stuff like all the mythology and old english literature and stuff and Beowulf. Oh, really? so it's it's yeah so it's written very much like uh, he he intentionally wrote it as though it was the myth of the uh british isles basically like I, their mythology so I it's written hated very wolf in high school <laughs> well it explains why you couldn't get through <laughs> lord of the rings because <laughs> it's written in that style and i and I love myth and stuff, so like I, I'm kind of into it. Did um, you like Beowulf in high school? Seriously? I actually didn't read Beowulf in high school. Oh, uh, you lucky duck. We kind of glossed over it. We read a bunch of other stuff. We 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 did we did a lot of. I took a mythology class in high school, so we did a lot of Greek myth, and then we focused a lot on, um, like, it was mostly Greek to be honest. It was very like uh, a lot of like theatrical. Uh, Greek stories like Agamemnon, and we yeah, did. Yeah. We, we read like the Odyssey and the Iliad. I was gonna ask that. that, yeah. Yeah, and then we read the Aeneid, which I don't like. Uh, I do not like the Aeneid, because it, 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 it's kind of it. Not only is it boring, it just feels like fan fiction, because <laughs> it because it's uh it's literally like it was commissioned during the Roman Empire. They're like, yo, you know what would be dope? a sequel to those two classics and That's they're like so funny yeah so they're like cool let's write like what if 
you know, it's like... Uh, that is, it's OG fan fiction. Yeah, it's like, what if Achilles had a son? And then they didn't even finish it, because the guy who was writing it died, like, in the middle <laughs> of writing it. And then it's like, I will I will finish the Aeneid. It's, I don't like that book. I had no idea it was so disconnected. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's totally disconnected, like, through, from time and all that, like... Even, like, Homer, like, we're not even sure if Homer was a real person. Um, it's just that, like, Homer might have been the per- the first person to actually write the stories down. Sure. Because they were always orally told. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they had been stories for a very long time. And then, and then by the time uh, the Roman Empire was around and they were consuming all of those stories, they decided, like, yeah, you know what would be cool is if... We ended, you know, this, like, the fall of Troy was like the fall of the Greeks, and then Rome, like, rose. That's sort of their entire idea. So then they wrote the Aeneid. Interesting. So, um, so you guys are talking about these giant epic stories, and I'm here thinking, man, I read Catcher in the Rye and had a hard time with that. I can't imagine this yeah. other stuff. I never had to read Catcher in the Rye. I shamefully, like, English classed that one. <laughs> I just read the Cliff Notes, which I really, yeah. and I feel bad because I feel like I should have read don't it. F- don't feel don't feel bad without having read it you will survive the yeah. rest of your life yeah isn't holden caulfield jerk? like kind of a kind of a bad, yeah he's bad a jerk he, that's a jerk. the most that's mild way, way to put, put it. it yes yeah okay. i've heard that you have to read it young because otherwise you read it and you're like Gosh, what even even so in annoying. high school when i read yeah. it i was like man so this whiny. kid is whiny and entitled yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure even now with my like oh, 2018 yeah. brain, I'd like, get like five pages in and be like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, interesting. Yep. Books, everyone. For you well, epic stories leading into yeah. the greatest epic story of all time, Star Wars. Star, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> that's a good segue. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think that's I think that's basically it. I, I haven't interacted with Star Wars much. I've been on a Tolkien train and. Uh, and then I think next week I'm going to, or this week I should say, I'm gonna I'm gonna actively try and finish the lightsabers part three because I've barely touched it and I really want to get it done. Very nice. So we'll see how that goes. And then I gotta finish this Millennium Falcon video, and then I gotta do a Han Solo one. So it you, never ends, people. You keep saying "got to" as if this is some sort of punishment and not well, like no, the, the best mo- job ever. <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> once again, everyone, you're listening to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you're from the class of 77 or Solo was your first Star Wars film, you're welcome here. And now on with the show. See, I didn't say Han Solo. I time. was going to point that out at one point. Yeah. And I never did. But I exactly. remembered that internationally, internationally it is Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. You're doing yeah, it for our many, Han. many All overseas fans. That we have. Yeah. They're like, what movie is Solo? <laughs> <laughs> everybody for this week we're doing a little something special it's called the sentient society yeah. spotlight let's, let's sure go did, I get, did i get that right okay all right um this is going to be sort of a take on our character study episodes which we've done one of so far i think we did obi-wan yes um and when there stops being a ton of star wars news every day we're uh, we'll get on we'll get we'll get to that another one at some point we actually haven't even really decided on another character to do but that's neither here nor there there's so many 
We could talk about him so long. But the idea behind sentient <laughs> society spotlight sentient, uh, is to highlight a society that is that is actually sentient. Oh my goodness, Ahsoka. Hi, Ahsoka! She's trying to chime in. Uh, trying to highlight like a group within Star Wars lore or... Um, in the galaxy far, far away and talk about like their lore or how they came to be just in, in general, uh, stuff like that. So for this first episode, we're going to talk about the very iconic Tusken Raider who, uh, it, for those, for the, for the uninitiated sand people, <laughs> um, you may remember them from such films as the Phantom Menace and, uh, a new hope. They were in the they Phantom, Phantom Menace, Menace right? Attack of the Clones, and New Hope, and they also showed up in Rebels, and from a certain point of view. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Um, so we know what they look like. We know that there are uh, male and female versions of them, although it's... I think it's like hard to tell because of all the like robes and the masks and all that. Their faces aren't actually what that is like they're all wearing masks they are but the males and the the females are distinguishable based off of their their what they wear up to a certain age so Mm, at the age of 15 years old when they become an adult that's what at which point the uh the gender i guess is kind of revealed but the children all wear the same clothing Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Alex has gone and, and collected a bunch of cool information for us about oh, yeah. these lovable mummies of the desert. Oh, my goodness. Those grunting, screaming, walking sacks of burlap, riders yep. of elephants in costume, and purveyors of fine antiquities. Oh, yeah, because the... Uh, Tuscan Raiders. What were, the, what were, the, what were the, the Banthas, right? Yes, well, that, yeah. if you tune in, is going to be something we <laughs> discuss yeah. later. It's our creature okay. of the week. Because you mentioned elephants. That just reminded me. Um... Yeah, so we'll read the official description of the Tuscan Raider from StarWars.com. It says, Fearsome Devert? Fearsome desert savages inhabiting the rocky junk land wastes. Tuscan Raiders are the foremost reason Tatooine colonists do not wander far from their isolated communities. Extremely territorial and xenophobic, Tuscan Raiders will attack with very little provocation. They have even gathered numbers large enough to attack the outskirts of smaller towns like Anchorhead. Covered from head to foot in tattered rags and robes, Tusken Raiders, or Sand People as they are also known, brandish a deadly bladed club known as the, the Gatterfee. Gatterfee. So Gatterfee? we also know this Gatterfee. as a Gatterfee stick. It's just Gatterfee? a shorter version. They also mm-hmm. have... Oh, oh yeah, I see that, that makes too. sense. Gaffey, Gatterfee. They also have guns because in Phantom Menace, they take pot shots they do. at the pot So racers, the two right? types of Isn't weapons that they're, they're typically known yeah. for are the Gatterfee stick, Gaffey stick, and these were um, spiked pole arms. They were used as weapons, but they were also each unique because they were built by the person. So no two are really the same. And they were what you see Luke Skywalker getting attacked with in A New Hope. And then in The Phantom Menace, during the pod racing scene, they're using their, I'm going to try to pronounce this right, Seisler rifle? Seisler rifle? So it's just, again, one of those really crude rifles, but it was actually able to penetrate energy shields because they fire solid projectiles as opposed to energy. Yeah, mm. I was reading a little bit about them. I mean, they're very much a people who just 
takes stuff and then makes it work for them. They're not like creators as much as they are scavengers, so um, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, the first thing I think of when I think of a sand person is that shot they have in A New Hope where he's raising his gaffy stick above his head and they yes. reverse the film so they make him look yeah. like he does it twice. <laughs> yeah, because they, uh, they needed more frames. Just an extra I think beat was the there. idea, yeah. <laughs> so they just reversed it. Yeah, I love that little. And it's like it's funny because when you're just watching it, you don't really notice until you know. Yeah. And it's like, you can't oh, not see I see it. it. Yeah, I can't <laughs> not see it now. But it's funny, the way they were talking about um, how they're, like, super scary. Like, I was reading about the Jawas, too. They're, you know, the other little group of people we see wandering around in New Hope. And the Jawas are terrified mm-hmm. of the Tusken Raiders, apparently. They've had many a skirmish. So, yeah, they just seem to be the jerks of Tatooine, apparently. Yeah. Um, I have some, I actually have some behind-the-scenes information on the Tusken Raiders that I don't think we included in the notes. Go for it. Um, So the Tuscans initially appeared in the second draft of Star Wars A New Hope as Imperial spies deployed as a platoon onto the surface of Tatooine to search for whatever had brought Deke Deke. Starkiller to that planet. They appeared to be humanoid with red eyes and drove distinctive land speeders. They became a native people of Tatooine in the third draft. I love that name. Interesting. Deke. Deke? Like... Can you imagine instead of Luke Deke Skywalker? Star it killer. Deke. It kind of sounds like a bro from like hey a high Deke. school drama. Says that, says that in the, uh, I believe this guy was in the Marvel comic. It says that he eventually was like Luke Skywalker's boyhood friend who lived in Anchorhead. <laughs> He's the one oh, that was going to be a Tashi station for yeah. some power converters. Yeah, I bet he was. I bet. He was. So the Sam people, while seeming really crude, it looks like they actually did have some sort of like mm-hmm. religious beliefs. Um, it says, you, you found here that the Sam people believe that all water was sacred and promised to them. Um, hence them raiding moisture farms set up by colonists. So oh. they're like, water is ours. Gimme. Oh, yeah, because they, they're, they're native, so they wouldn't have come from anywhere else. That makes sense. Yeah. So then, so then anybody else, they would you're, be like, you're Yo, invading in our area, you're taking the resources here. that belong to us. Yeah. And it sounds like overall they have like it's super tribal. It's you said a clan consists of twenty to thirty individuals, which were led by clan leaders, tribal chiefs, and warlords. Um, at the age of fifteen, a Tuscan became an adult and had to slay a crate dragon and cut out the precious pearl found in its stomach. Now, that's obviously an ancient ritual, right? Because don't create dragons Yeah, I think this is within anymore. the lore of the Tusken Raiders. So all this information is within the canon universe. There's more information that we can go into a little bit later about the, the non-canon because they actually trace it back thousands of years for the origins of the, of the, uh, the Tusken yeah. Raiders. But based off of what we know from what's been set up now, this, this was part of their lore. Which it, it varies a little bit, but it's not not too not as crazy as what we'll get into a little later. I find it interesting because that we're talking here for a second about what they wore, and just thinking about the protect, protection, it reminds me honestly of Ray's outfit a little bit mm-hmm. when she's on Jakku. The same kind of wrapping um, to allow you to get through the the dust without freaking out. So like. Are there faces underneath that, or is that what their faces no, that we're seeing? No, I think that 
that's what we see. I don't I don't know if in canon we've seen okay. it. I know yeah, there's I a comic it. book where Anakin has a dream about yeah. a Tusken Raider. I don't remember if that's canon or not. And you see the face, and there's been different bits of artwork here and there, but I don't know if there's been an agreement as to what they actually look like underneath the mask. Cause, yeah. Because I know the original Ralph McQuarrie artwork, it mm-hmm. looks pretty much the same. Um, there's not really any difference between those two. Um, but yeah, male wore rough wrappings and garments that provided protection and allowed ease of movement. Females can be distinguished by their elaborate jeweled masks with eye slits and torso-covered sand shrouds. Yeah, that sounds sand pretty. Shrouds. I want an elaborate jeweled mask. We do. do we, we see, see them in Attack of the Clones. It is when uh, Anakin goes on his uh, his killing spree. That's the only time that we ever see the whole yeah. family, the, the whole family system with them, because you see them in their tribes. Every other time we've seen them, they're just kind of one-offs. Oh, Josh, is this picture you just shared with that's us, is comic. that from that dream you're talking about? Uh, yes, that's the one. I believe so. I don't, I don't know. I just... We'll post this. It, it, that looks I literally really Googled aggressive. Tuscan Raider face, just so, to see. Yeah, it's like half his face is exploded off, and it looks really, like, kind of two-facey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not pretty. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's so many different, like, little uh, versions And I think that's of one of those hard parts too. because they've never officially said what they look like. That it's it's one of those we've seen. We see a mask. Like, for years, people thought stormtroopers were, were droids. And, and, you know, now we know they're people. But until someone, you know, until we actually see the face, we're never really going to know what it is. That's so true. That's so interesting. I wonder if, like, anybody had a problem when they, like, realized that they were not droids because <laughs> yeah i guess that was the assumption yeah. right interesting i've never really thought about that um so the biggest insight i think we get about the tuscan raiders that's canon ish right from a certain point of view the novel is canon correct from a certain point of view that's yeah, why i put it in brackets where they tell yeah it's stories told within the universe but from a point of from a specific point of view so it's one of those kind of nebulous weird thingies but i think you can consider a canon to us to a point right i think if it comes out after i just mean based off of what the people see like if you if they're referring to and luke skywalker as being this grand wizard like he didn't always do everything that they said he did but right right there's perspective you gotta filter through right absolutely but there is one written from the point of view of a sand person a female sand person and through that store it's called rearin i've kind of forget how it's said the story is only so so but one thing is that kind of the oppression you get is that she's very dissatisfied with her clan and the society that there is because they're very sexist and they don't allow women to fight and she that eventually leads her to leave her clan and kind of strike out on her own. Um, And, uh, you know, she ends up raiding a sand crawler to try and find a mystical. They're they're all about, like, mystical shiny things. They really like finding jewels and stuff. Um, But if you want to get into the head of what one of those people is thinking, but, like, really an outsider version of one of them, then that's that's a good story to to, to read through. Mm No. Cool, cool. Um, I think that covers everything. Can oh no, creatures associated. I scrolled down a little too far. Um, so creatures commonly associated with the, the, the God, 
the Tuscan Raiders. Banthas, like we talked about earlier, which were just elephants with a bunch of stuff on them. Um, if you, it's funny because if you watch A New Hope thinking about, like, this is an elephant, and they just put, like, a thing over it. You do, you the totally way it walks, it. the like, strides. This is like an elephant yeah. with a blanket over it, basically. Yeah, yeah. we technically wanted to make this creature of the week, um, so I don't know if we want to talk about all the Vantha stuff now, or if we want to... We'll save it for <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the sand people... Yeah, we'll, skip. Nope. we'll go down nope. to the nope. next one, the we'll Massive, which I believe was our creature of the week a few uh, weeks massives. ago, wasn't it? That's... It was. Was it? Uh, the Massif was a species of dangerous hunters found on the desert planets, including Tatooine and Geonosis. Massifs were domesticated for century and guard tasks were used by Tusken Raiders on Tatooine. So they're like dogs, basically. They're dogs that look um, like a little emaciated, but like with lots oh, yeah. of armor, kind we of. We did talk about yeah, this like, little lizard like dog. I remember dogs this. With <laughs> they yeah. look like that. With me. <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting to see that I think this is one of the, the few, um, I guess, cultures that you see associating with specific animals. You don't really see that anywhere else in Star Wars where a certain culture or a certain type of people do something with a certain animal. Like, you see the dupacks with the stormtroopers, but I don't think you ever see any kind of connection between any creature and a, and a people. Like, there's a, a deeper connection between Banthas and Tusken Raiders, and then you also have the connection with Mastiffs as well. Yeah. Um, and we also have to remember that I feel like, so the the most memorable, I think, instances of sand people are, you know, the first scene with Luke Skywalker, um, when we see them shooting at the pod racers for, for giggles. And then, of course, they're responsible for maybe the entire universe going to hell if we really break it down, because they kidnapped Shmi Skywalker Anakin's mother tortured her and killed her. Um, and if that hadn't happened, you can argue that Anakin would have kept all of his shiz together. Um, should, what? Should, I've should never we thought about the, this the name of this segment to It's Your Fault? <laughs> yeah, right. Who's yeah. actually Who destroyed the, the, the Galactic Senate? Yeah. Tusken Raiders. It's interesting, though, because in everything that we've kind of talked about and said, like, why why would they imprison and torture a human? It kind of seems unnecessarily aggressive I, I, I for them. I think this has to do with the, um, the whole colonists and the idea of them being the local people. Aside from the fact that they're very territorial, which I'm assuming all these moisture farms that are expanding are going into their territory, is a little bit of revenge. Because even in the main description from yeah. Star Wars, they're mm -hmm. extremely territorial and xenophobic. So anything that's not them they consider a threat so at this point it could have just been like a really really crazy tuscan raider who just you know took pleasure from this right like a certain chief mm -hmm. who was just really aggressive um but it's funny it says um well obviously as we know anakin after shmi dies in that tent goes and slaughters every single one of them including all the children um for funsies and then apparently following the massacre the tuscans began to fear skywalker as a vengeful desert demon and began performing ritual sacrifices to ward him off um 
So that's kind of crazy. <laughs> in one yeah, of the comic that books. happened in like yes, the Vader books. They make this big and effigy they, they pray of to Vader. It, they yeah. put a sacrifice inside of it and they burn it. I think that's volume. I think yeah. that's the final volume of Vader, or the first series of Vader. Yeah. Or the first yeah, I remember series. That. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I like vaguely kind of remember that, but I don't. I like it's been a little bit, so I haven't. I remember that. I remember that being interesting because it's like, oh man, he went from slaughtering them in cold blood to being worshipped by them. Well, this is, this is a different thing I'm seeing. Shortly after the Battle of Yaman, uh, Darth Vader slaughtered a village of Tuscans prior to his meeting with Bounty Hunter Boba Fett and Black Curse on. Following the attack, the Tuscans then built a shrine to Vader in order to sacrifice some of themselves to ensure that he would not return. So that's like two times that like the same guy has yeah, ruined. so so that time <laughs> where he lives. meets Boba Fett and, and uh, the giant Wookiee, because I can never pronounce his name, that is the one in Vader Volume Four towards the end. That's uh, one of the big plot. Like he learned something there, so it's it's a really cool little few pages where it's Vader doing the exact same thing he had done what like sixteen years earlier, and then their their whole effigy is it's it's cool to see the evolution of the culture. And I'm curious what this is from. I, I wonder if this is the dream that you were talking about. In 34 ABY, during uh, Luke's self-imposed exile on Achu, he has a dream where he ignored Princess Leia's message and never joined the rebellion. In his dream, two decades had passed since any Tusken Raider had been seen on his side of Anchorhead, and that nothing was left of them except for their bones. And Luke noted that for some reason it made him feel sad. Isn't that an interesting little character tidbit? I wonder. I wonder what that's about. Well, we don't know. If, um, aside from the, yeah, aside from the, the, the first attack, we don't know if Luke had any other dealings with Tuscan Raiders, do we? Or is he just kind of assumed? Yeah. I mean, he knows of them, I think. But yeah, it's like I don't know that he ever mentions having to deal with them or anything. Interesting. Yeah. Um, apparently, there was also a famous Tuscan known as Judlin General, who led his period people in a series of coordinated strikes against the colonists. So there you go again with this sense of feeling like they need to attack the invaders. Uh-huh. Kind of reminds me of um, our Jillikan if the you know original folks, the hill people had been more aggressive mm-hmm. to the first waivers. Yeah, the, uh, oh god I've read this book three times. <laughs> uh, the Valleykin and the second waivers. Yes, there yes. you go. Um, but apparently this rebellion was put down. So, I mean, they sound like a basic people, but at the end of the day, they're they're kind of, like, put upon and, and feel like they've lost their home. So they're all yeah. kind of upset about it. Makes sense. I, I, I wonder if they were, yeah, like, like you bring up, if they were violent before, like, people came to Tatooine, or if they... Yeah, if they're like, oh, we're trying to fight off, like, you guys are taking our planet over or whatever. There is this interesting sub, like, text and current that runs through the whole universe of, you know, this is a future society where races and societies are mingling a lot more. And, you know, there is an element of xenophobia, like we see with the Empire and these different, you know, cultures coming together because of space travel. Um, 
and you know some people being excluded some people being taken over um there's a colonist very you know kind of uh, relating to our world vibe that runs through it all that you can kind of pick apart and see different different reactions from different cultures by these changes um yeah but as you said there's a ton of origin or uh non-canon stuff um about these dudes yeah so they had a lot of representation in legends um all the oh i guess that wouldn't be i was Here, like, I, some of these names which one's on the bottom? Aren't, aren't they not Canon? Well, not, I was thinking about... Uh, <laughs> yeah, none of those are canon. <laughs> yeah, they're all... all if, uh, okay. The all name... Right. The characters, the characters are, the canon, the are The names are not. And then again, the Sherrod Het was, is not a canon character anymore. Because it's... It goes into a whole crazy thing. I was reading... Aura Singh was apparently a fallen yeah. Jedi. It's weird. So we won't get that deep into it. But I can help summarize the... Yeah, I can help oh, summarize the, uh, the non-canon yeah, go origin. Yeah, because the non-canon origin is ridiculously yeah. crazy. So we were talking about going back as far as 25,200 years before the Battle of Yavin. Like, that's how far back they went with the storyline. So just to, to sum it up, the history of the Tusken Raiders can be traced back to a group of people called the Kumunga. They were a technologically advanced race that built cities all over, Tatu mm. all over Tatooine. Um they were pretty much enslaved by a group of people called the Rakatan Infinite Empire. After fighting and bombardments oh. and... Oh, yeah, the, uh, You know those guys. Empire, yeah, um, I, yeah they, they do. mentioned them in the older uh, So after all this actually. crazy stuff, they eventually were, were left for dead after, after all this war and rebellion. And what's interesting is that these people that fought off the the Rakatan Infinite Empire diverged into two separate species, the Jawas and the Gorfa. And the Gorfa are the ones that basically turned into the Tusken Raiders. So you're looking at here that the Jawas oh. and the Tusken Raiders have a uh, they share a point of origin. Well, it's funny because I was reading too that in the original design for the Tusken Raiders, um, they had them being very mm -hmm. small, like the Jawas. Um, and then once they decided they want the Jawas to be small, they like sized up the Tusken Raiders, but they clearly kind of had a similar character in mind, but that's interesting that they originally wrote them as being descendants from the same ancestors. Which it makes sense. You're mm -hmm. on the same planet. There's only so many, you know, even like our human evolution with all the different species, we have a common ancestor. Yeah. yeah. yeah only so many anthropomorphic, uh, which makes makes you wonder you know, if, if had they gone with that story do you think Tusken Raider eyes would have glown in the dark too we just never I mean, see maybe it maybe they yeah. do like and they just have those yeah, yeah things on I like this next part that you have here that the Gorfa spent the next thousands of years as a nomadic society attempting to come to terms with their new identity in a period they called mm -hmm. the long walk I really like that that's very romantic the long walk biblical yeah. that's some like <laughs> trail of tears right kind of kinda sounding thing yeah and then so i guess and then the idea is that they went from a great society to then being yeah they're kind thieves of like scrappers and they kind of feel like mad max type of people where at one point they had all this technology and over time they kind of de-evolved into whatever they had around there to survive well, it kind of speaks to, like, especially in A New Hope, where the whole series is, this idea of these mm -hmm. once great towns right. and cities that have, and technology that's been kind of 
decimated from the empire and people trying to figure out their way. They're, they're um, interesting, especially yeah. seeing how much yeah. more history is in the non-canon universe. But uh, I'm hoping that at some point they do some history books. Like That'd be kind of cool to do some in-universe history books that brings all this stuff back in so we can get more of these stories. I feel mm. bad for them that they've been just besieged by this father-son Anakin Skywalker drama. <laughs> that, like, I know. <laughs> they just are the unwilling bystanders of this <laughs> crazy man who keeps coming back to that planet and tearing them up. It's too all bad. All they want to do is, is, you know, steal water. That's pretty much all they want to do. That's all they want to do. They That's all they want to do. <laughs> you have the water. And the women want to fight. At least one woman is like, enough of this nonsense. I want to get that water. I want to get that water on my own, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, you think that's th- everything that needs to be said about the Tusken wanna... Raiders, or have you got more to? Do you have any? Do you have any Tusken Raider figures? Oh, oh, oh I do. I do not. <laughs> oh, I thought you were asking everybody. Never yeah, they, I was gonna say. Did, oh yeah. <laughs> they did some really know, cool Alex ones uh, back some. when the Force Unleashed. I'm oh, not sorry, not the Force Unleashed. I know what was it? It was this, the, the 1995 Force series. Awakens? I forgot what it's called. My mind's blinking. But it, oh. they came out with one then. They've done a vintage figure. They've done some riding banthas. It's a it's a it's a cool figure. Um, it's interesting with the way that they try to incorporate soft goods into it because the full character's costume is soft goods. When you translate that into a toy, if you're trying to get certain movements, you really can't do that with a vinyl cape or anything like that. So sometimes it looked like they had these giant trench coats and these hmm. teeny tiny bodies. But uh, they're they usually have a lot of detail. They're they're fun to they're fun to play with. I was actually reading online that when they appear in Rebels for like a hot second, they, they don't. don't have the robes because the time it would take to animate time and money it would take to animate that was too much for the budget they had. So oh, wow. they're just stripped down a little bit in that series. <laughs> a little behind the scenes thing for you. Do we want to mention some of the uh, notable non-canon Tuscan Raiders that have been named? If you want to say their you, name, yeah, I'll, I'll try to say the try first one. Each take turns because there's three that are very unique. So the first one, I'm, gonna, I, I'm sorry if I butcher your name because we do that a lot on this show. Uh, his name was I tried. Oh wow, you So this is the Tuscan Raider that attacks Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. So this is the one that you know does his his thing. Yeah. Do you think I, he's yelling his name when he's they might, doing the thing? Oh yeah. They might be like Pokemon that yeah, they maybe. say their name <laughs> when they do stuff. Right! <laughs> there you go. It's like if I ever came at somebody with a knife, I'd have to be like, Joshua! <laughs> and then your next move is your last name. Mave! <laughs> yeah, right? Your finisher. So yeah. if you want to do a short attack, Josh! If you want to do a longer attack, you should... Yeah. <laughs> Quick attack. <laughs> like a Kamehameha. Alejandro! <laughs> like, that's just like a. Alex! So. <laughs> well, no, I'd be like Alejandro. And if I really want a long one, I'd toss my middle name in there. Like, that's, that's the, the unleash. That's the cheat code version. Alright, who wants to try to say this <laughs> the next cheat name? Cheat code. Alright. Go for uh, it. Go for it, Josh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Spot Not on. Not sure. Also yes. known as Whore? <laughs> His name is Whore. 
He was a Tuscan Raider from Tatooine and skilled in Terras Kasi. Ah. Oh, I bet I know where he came from. What's from the video game Star Wars Masters of Terras Kasi? And what is Masters of Terras Kasi? What is Terras Kasi? It is a really <laughs> bad fighting game <laughs> uh, for the PlayStation One, and the idea I think Terras Kasi was was like the you know martial arts of the Star Wars universe. Uh huh. And they bring they they brought it up in Solo. Uh, when because uh, it wasn't it wasn't canon anymore but like kira when, uh oh my god yeah i was like what's her name again uh when kira beats up the the dude on kessel and like where'd you learn to do that and she's like it's terrace kasi like hey no taught me yeah so that's like the first canon mention of it that's i, I was like that. yeah i was like the only so person in the theater so that laughed. means we're one step being canon then right <laughs> it's true yeah. it's pretty much yep. And then this next guy's name is pretty much the first guy's name. Maybe it's like his dad. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know what to say. He yeah. was the one who shot at Anakin's pod racer, or all the pod mm-hmm. racers. Was it specifically yeah, Anakin? A couple shots um, during Phantom Menace, and I, I liked how during that sequence the the commentators are like, "Oh, look, some Tuscan Raiders are on the track." Like it's like no big deal. Like that's just part of the like, race. Oh, the Tuscan Raiders are really getting. The, you <laughs> they're know. just a hazard on the course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? Oh, they're here. Like swans or something. Um, all right, who's this last guy, Josh? Or uh, Alex? No, uh, <laughs> I mean, Alex did the research. You I can think, do it too, Josh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Sherrod Sh- Het. Yeah, not a not a or anything like that. Not an actual Tuscan Raider though, but he was a Jedi Knight who, after a, a disaster that destroyed his homeworld, became a warlord of a tribe of Tuscan Raiders. That sounds awesome. That does sound actually pretty awesome. He was killed by Aura Singh. And who was Aura Singh? Aura Singh is uh, and she's the bounty lady. hunter. Yeah. Um, she was the bounty hunter from. She's in. She's actually in Phantom Menace. Yes. Like a split so is she she's canon? A, yeah. She's the one that takes she's in Boba Clone Fett Wars. Wing, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. She has the big antenna yeah, like yeah, coming yeah, out of her yeah. head, and, yeah. and so when Sh- Aura Singh. Yeah. Also killed by uh, who was she killed by? And she's killed by Beckett. Yeah. And, so and uh, Sherrod Head, which if you've ever seen pictures of a tuscan looking jedi knight that's him he's wearing his jedi robes with his tuscan raider outfit and he was the father to asherat het who is also known as darth crate so if you're into the you know darth crate's an interesting awesome character too. which we could probably talk about at some point he's non-canon at this point but his development from where he came from to where he he got to is uh is interesting especially when you start looking at the design of his armor and the way it it is kind of living in a weird way Oh yeah, yeah this kinda... Dracula-looking dude. Would he? Does he identify with the the Tuscan Raiders since he was raised with the Tuscan Raiders? This or was, I believe, after... afterwards. So the the character of Sherrod Het was part of the the Jedi Order. He survived the the Jedi Purge, continued on, and when it came to the uh, the what do you call it the non-canon storylines and all this stuff, his character pretty much started a new empire after the fall of the imperial the galactic empire so this is where he started getting the ideas of the new sith line coming in to play so it gets a little more complicated but mm-hmm. i want to at least mm-hmm. bring up this character because it does have a connection to tuscan raiders and this is one of the only few times that you see a non-tuscan raider in charge of a group of, of tuscan raiders like it's, it's typically 
you know, like we said again, they're xenophobic. They don't like other people. So for a non one of them right. to to be a the head of the clan, like that's a kind of a big deal. Interesting. I kind of I kind of want to dig dig into that storyline. I, I I eventually want to go into non-canon stuff, but I feel like I want to mm. do more stuff like this, stuff that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. contradict what's already out there and just kind of is more interesting stories about characters. Like I like specific Jedi who go Well, and they did a really good shows. job developing certain characters. Yeah. Like I, I mean, well, I, it did get crazy, but when you have characters like Darth Crate or uh Sherrod Head, like they're developed up to a point to where the story ends. And uh, they're they're pretty self-contained, so I think we should definitely at some point talk about right. these people and how they may have influenced this uh, new canon that's being created. Very yeah. cool. A lot more than cool, I thought there cool was man. for these dudes, to be honest. I know. Um, A lot going on, and now I'm just looking at weird legends. Like are you seeing Darth the one great pictures? <laughs> these these all they? look like heavy metal. He's so albums. like sharp and pointy. Yeah. We might have to. Uh... Yeah. Uh, the book, the book that you, I guess, you're looking for is called yes. Star Wars Outlander. Oh, okay. Because um, I just saw a cover of it, so that could be cool. Cool thing to hunt down. All right. Uh, shall we move news. on to the news? Let's do there it. There wasn't a lot of news. The news of the week, baby. Yeah, there's not a lot. Uh, first piece of news, J.J. Abrams shares behind-the-scenes photo from Star Wars Episode Nine set. So, uh, this was last week. August. Right? August. Two weeks ago at this point. Oh, my goodness. Feels like, oh, my God. Time's flying. Um, so, two weeks ago from our recording date, uh, the filming on Episode Nine began. Everyone, you know, all hands on deck. We're all here. By the way, did you guys see the article that went up on Slash Film? Yes. It was like BB-8 confirmed. <laughs> or it was like, come on, I dude. think it was, it was based off of a tweet that uh, we're rolling into production. Like, it was some sort of really cheesy line. No, I think it's because the one of the puppeteers who operates BB-8. But he didn't well, like, tweet it. But he didn't tweet specifically yeah, he BB-8. Tweeted, he alluded to it, didn't he? No. Well, no, he just said, like, he tweeted the same picture that everyone else tweeted, and he was like, first day on the set, super excited. Well, and it's like, yeah. obviously, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it was super silly. I was like, oh my god. But this tweet from JJ mm-hmm. is sweet. Yeah. Um. So he says, uh, bittersweet starting this next chapter without Carrie, but thanks to an extraordinary cast and crew, we are ready to go. Grateful for Ryan Johnson and special thanks to George Lucas for creating this incredible world and beginning a story of which we are lucky to be a part. So very nice. Yeah, very excited. Just It looks like a shot from within the, it's a camera and they have some cool right. stickers on the camera and it looks like it's shooting them in the Millennium Falcon, I believe. Yeah, it's like super blurry. Like you can't tell, but Although, yeah, I can see someone it's like a John Boyega. Well, John Boyega is definitely like standing there. Ray Chewy. At the helm. Although. Yeah. yeah, and then. Oh yeah, now I. See, you know, it's funny. I never looked in the background of this shot, and now I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh yeah, 
And then you can see Chewie definitely through the camera. But is that yeah. Ray? Is well, that that's, her that's hair the hard part. That the down? camera is in the right spot, so they block who's at the helm. And if that's the case, if that yeah. is Ray, kind of looking at what the, this character is wearing is something that we haven't seen Ray wear. By the way, John Boyega's like black oh, gray vest? thing yeah. looks dope. It looks dope. Yeah, he looks very Star Warsy. I don't like, know. Very solo. Yeah. It looks cool. It does. Oh, I can't wait. Oh. I know. We have to wait a whole like but, year and a half. But JJ, as we remember, is really good with this stuff. Like he's gonna send yeah. us cool little pictures like this. Uh, how long do you think until we get a trailer? I don't think we get one until celebration. celebration is in. That sounds yeah. right. It's in April. So that sounds right. And by then, a lot of the filming. Yeah, because will have been last done. year that sounds good. We got it. Yeah. That was the first trailer, wasn't it? Last year at Celebration. And even, and even then, I bet it'll be like teaser level. It won't even be like a full trailer. Yeah. I bet we won't get a full trailer till like D twenty three, or like they'll do the. Well, Super when we Bowl went to Star Wars Celebration and we saw that trailer, that was the teaser, wasn't it? That was the first time we had seen a trailer for Episode Eight. When we were at so if they do the same thing again, yeah. So that celebration again around the same time of year. We'll probably get the first teaser trailer. Then I doubt we'll get anything for D twenty three. I have a feeling they're gonna push a little bit of Marvel there, um, and then Super Bowl again maybe. At this point, ABC can. Well, Super Bowl. Fu- you mean no? You mean like yes, Monday, Monday Night, Night Football? Because it's yeah. Because we the past two ones it was a Monday Night Football, and then before that was over Thanksgiving, which was even later. Um, because I remember watching it in my hotel room and Thanksgiving and just crying over and over again. Um, so yeah, I, I would think we'd get a tease of something at Celebration because why not? It's perfectly timed, but then probably not. Just a when while you guys pull anything else. When you guys um, go, no, I can't Josh wait. And, and Becky, tell the guys with the speakers to turn them up. Because if you remember last year, yeah. Oh my god, dude, that was up. annoying. Couldn't hear anything. I don't really expect <laughs> to. <laughs> like, I could have just like I literally could have just gone and done other stuff and then well and if like, you remember oh, they replayed like, the trailer like every that. 15 minutes after that like we could have just walked back over there and watched it yeah 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 I ended up watching <laughs> it on my phone uh, yeah I watched like it on my somewhere. phone for the first time too just like everyone else it's good but very very exciting yeah I'm ve- I'm I'm very excited i think that um people who are not as like hyped right now just because they're like oh my god we got a movie like back to back or whatever yeah i think boy, they I got think a long time gonna... to wait by the time nine rolls around they're gonna be like oh yeah. boy i'm excited again well i'm also kind of sad because like now that for some unknown reason solo didn't do so well and they're like oh we're gonna take our foot off the gas i'm like no i bet that means there's not gonna be what well, i don't i think that was a rumor and though. I, like, I don't that think we always really... necessarily need movies too yeah. i mean we're getting new tv shows it might if if we got a game of thrones star of wars thing like i mean i'm good with that for a while so for sure for sure for sure yeah so yeah because we have um we have resistance which we'll talk about in a little bit launching at the end of the in october this year and then we yeah, have clone, clone wars, wars coming back next year probably in the summer so like we're gonna get two seasons of star wars tv content before nine even comes out Yee. so we'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> and i have all oh, these books to, to read about. so we should... yeah and all these books yep can't hold all these books 
Uh, Star Wars comic shows why Post Squad missed Last Jedi. Um, do you do you know the, yeah, the so, deal with this, Alex? So at least really for me, one of the things that I noticed when watching the Last Jedi is you don't see certain characters like Snap Wexley. And for me, it was like, well, if they're evacuating, where are all these heavy hitters from the first movie? Because they, they kind of played a big part uh, during the attack on Starkiller Base. So, one of the... Th- Is Snap Wexley Greg Grumberg? Yes. The guy with the full beard? So, yeah. Okay. Because he's like, I just always laugh when I see him because he's yeah. been in J.J. Abrams stuff. He's like an alias star. It just makes me laugh. So yeah. what, they're doing, <laughs> no. what they're doing for Poe Dameron anyway, number continue. 30, they're kind of telling you where they were at this time. So as opposed to people assuming that they were killed off for whatever reason during the evacuation or at other points of the story, they were actually out looking for, uh, what do you call it, people to help fight with them. They're looking for for their uh, other resistance fighters, anyone that can help during this time. And it's based off of a secret mission given to them by General Leia. So this story kind of delves into what's happening at the same time as The Last Jedi. So there's more than one story going on. So this what these people are doing might influence what we see later on in episode nine well it makes sense that after you know that you know main battle in in force awakens that they would need people to go and Mm -hmm. at least find another base like right um so yeah i like it that fits there's also other they mentioned that there are other rebel cells yeah so the the, this will probably connect with these people trying to get in contact because if you watch the, i mean we've all seen the last jedi but the fact that no one replies to their distress calls like well did they reply to these guys with distress calls are they already with them you know are they in transit we we don't know hopefully this answers some of the the questions that we have but uh this issue is going to be coming out august 15th so in a few days you know pick it up it's uh awakenings part five black squadron it's going to be it looks really cool just based off of the the carpet art and if you go to screenrant.com, they actually have a preview of the first few pages of the comic. Have do you guys have you been reading this this series, the Poe Dameron series? Um, I read the first one. I wasn't big on it. Uh, I it was just yeah, a little I'm, I'm weird. Still... Like they fight like a <laughs> giant ball or something. I don't know. It was a little scary. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. I I, I kind of hoped that it would be like Rogue Squadron stuff. You know, kind of like just World War Two fighter piloty kind of thing, but it it wasn't really. And I, I don't know. I have the second one. I have not opened it at all. So we'll find out if it gets any better. Yeah. But because I buy all of them, you know, I just so find out. But I don't know. Um, next news story: Disney outlines streaming service and and uh, says it will launch in late 2019. So we know it's Disney Direct is the name of the service. I'll go ahead and read this from Variety. It says, Bolster, uh, bruh, I read that way, way too late. The uh, composition of Walt Disney Company's streaming service will beca- uh, became clearer on Tuesday as the entertainment giant walked the investment community through its rollout strategy for its Netflix challenger. Bolstered by its acquisition of much of Fox's film and television assets, as well as the end of several licensing deals, Disney CEO Bob Iger said he expects the service will be available at the end of 2019. Um, well, I posted something to you guys about how it's not going to launch with with Star Wars films. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, other... 
uh, networks own the rights to, yeah. which is insane so to me. Turner, I guess, owns the rights. Which is just so oh. strange that they would have ever it is. given that away. It is strange. And, and what's even weirder is that I had thought, and Alex and I had talked about it at some point, and we were under the assumption that it was only yeah. one through six. But then you showed us that article, and it's like, no, it's everything up until Solo. Yeah. They have the stre- They have the streaming rights too, which is maybe why they're on Netflix also, because like Turner. Well, I'm curious to see when they when they sign these agreements. Like if you know, we Star Wars movies were announced in what 2013, new movies coming out. Maybe at some point, you know, back then, mm-hmm. they weren't thinking of. You know, doing their own streaming service at that point, Netflix was still really picking up steam. Maybe they signed way ahead. Yeah, but that's so short-sighted. Like to give it to TNT for just like what afternoon rescreenings. That seems like not the future. That seems Didn't like they, the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They I think they've had it for a long time. They must have just renegotiated and, and it, like money. right when they got the license and been like cool like that'll be cool but the fact that you don't retain any of that like that it's it's you know that they can't they keep the cables like rebroadcast but disney can take the the streaming that they did i mean again they're they're still trying to collect all of their different ips because they were branched off to sony they were branched off to universal i mean they're finally cleaning up that mess i wouldn't be surprised if they had that same kind of mentality back then for star wars yeah and I think, like, even with the Fox acquisition, that's even a big win for Disney in terms of Star Wars stuff, because now they own the distribution rights to the original cuts, which means we could finally get, like, a Blu-ray set that has the original cuts of Being, Star hey, Wars a, in them in HD. According to George Lucas, How that amazing exist, would that be? You know. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> It exists. I think it's funny. Come We're going to see, I think, like this kind of full circle where there's going to be this process of getting rights back yeah. from all these old contracts that didn't understand streaming and then relicensing of in more like yeah. Netflix type short term contracts. What you see where movies will go up for a year or half a year and then come down like it's going to go. Yeah. It's going to go back to them le- leasing them out. But it's funny <laughs> that they have to get them all back first. I yeah I think Turner has them until wow. 2024. Goodness gracious! Why would you ever yeah, make a contract that long? A long time. Apparently, they were trying to get the rights back, but Turner wanted a lot of money, and they were just like, "Nah." Like apparently, Bob Iger was like, "Never mind." Like it was that much money. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Which is like weird. Because I'm like, is no one watching TNT that like? putting star wars on in the middle of a saturday afternoon right. is getting that much people to tune in when we all own these movies yeah you know i don't understand how that model can be justified at this point yeah but what do i but know? i but that doesn't mean that the way i see it i think turner will and they've been doing it with netflix they might just continue to relicense the star wars films at least force awakens through solo on netflix yeah. until 2024 right when they lose the rights so they it doesn't mean that like you can't ever stream star wars it just kind of means that you won't be well, able to stream them on disney TV direct too, you're, you're able yeah. to pull these star wars movies that are on cable as streaming that way too so it's not necessarily that they're just on tv mm-hmm. if i want to watch star wars i can go into sling tv and start streaming it directly from whatever cable provider we have so they're already pulling in money that way too yeah, that 
That and like getting an a- the actual physical copies of Star Wars is not no difficult at all, and o- honestly, not very cost prohibitive either. Like the, the it's been re released so many times at this point that you can get any of the movies. Per- I bet you for like five dollars. Honestly, go to Goodwill. To find it Goodwill. I will say. Uh, yeah, goodwill. I'll also, also just say in general that I'm surprised that Blu-rays are still less cheap as they are. Um, I know it's like kind of like a dying thing, so they can't really raise the prices. But there was a right. there was like a there was like a hot second when DVDs came out, and they were priced like way more than DVDs, and that changed super quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're like now you get both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, which I'm actually thankful for because. If you ever want to watch them on like a PC or something, uh, most most manufacturers do not make Blu-ray drives. No, gosh, my my for PCs. My, I mean, Apple doesn't even yeah, we put don't have disc drives. Computers anymore. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, headphones. That is super <laughs> annoying just... too. Sorry. <laughs> um, actually, though, I just went in for the Are AirPods and I freaking love them. They're so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it knows when when you take them out of its little charging case, which you can keep them in a chase the case that charges it, which is awesome. You take them out and you put them on your ears. They automatically turn on and connect to your phone. And if one no falls way. out of your ear, it pauses. It like knows, and the phone works really well. That's the thing that blew my so, mind because I'm used so to talk, you're basically talking saying through that, the little thing, but that it, Skynet it's is working so, clear. so well that now you want to incorporate it into yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I know they're pricey, but once you have them, they're really good Bluetooth headphones. Do they work on Android, though? Probably not. Like, I don't <laughs> oh, know. Then I don't want them. Well, yeah, and they're not for <laughs> I have you. Them. I haven't used Josh? them yet. Yeah, no, for <laughs> uh, but, I, but wireless headphones are very appealing to me. They're good, I've though. I've wanted them for a long time. The, f- the phone thing was really the most impressive, how clear the microphone yeah. is. And I don't, I don't even know how that science works. Uh, I don't get What's it. What's funny is I'm sure Samsung has, like, wireless earbuds. Sure. I've just never, like, looked into it to be honest anyway uh disney direct everyone um the good news is though that disney direct's gonna have list all the star wars tv shows um although we were questioning whether or not they would have season six right oh clone wars uh, right clone wars yeah because it was a netflix joint yeah so i wonder if they'll end up buying that off of them but we'll see August patch adds the Emperor back to Battlefront 2. So I don't know if anyone... Uh, I don't actually know if we even talked about this on the show. They ripped the Emperor out of Battlefront 2 like, <laughs> super randomly. Like maybe a month and a half ago. Because uh, people were complaining that he was just super overpowered. And they and they kept doing balance passes on him and couldn't fix him. And I, they were just like, wow. To be fair, we'll he is the Emperor. For like a, like a bit. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds yeah. kind of like how it should be, right? So they, it just sounds so like a they, bunch of noobs uh, uh, complaining to me. I'll, I'll, I'll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't complain. Adapt. That's a, that's a, uh, a, uh, a saying in the fighting game community. Uh, anyway, this article goes on. It says, last month we learned Electronic Arts had temporarily removed the Emperor as a playable character from Star Wars Battlefront 2 as they aimed to correct several gameplay advantages and bugs associated with that particular character. Uh, a new patch released this month by EA has corrected those gameplay issues along with other performance issues, and the Emperor is now back as a playable character. 
Also, Ewok Hunt is back, which I still haven't played, and I really need to get up on that. Wait, hold on. I haven't played that either. Do you hunt Ewoks? That sounds so sad. So, one, well, here's the thing, Becky. One team plays a bunch of stormtroopers, and it's really dark, and you have flashlights, and you're in the Andor Forest, and the other team plays Ewoks. That sounds you try to hunt on them. amazing. Yeah, apparently it's really cool, and it's like uh, like That's a horror cool. game. <laughs> that sounds great! <laughs> yeah. So I need to I need to try it because it's come and gone a couple times and I haven't had a chance to play. You and I it, should so. stream that for our oh people. Oh my god, we totally should. Yeah. Yeah, because I have the game on PS4. We might make that a Patreon only special video if you guys are what? interested. Yeah. Can Can you do one on one? All right. Uh, that way, one <laughs> Ewok, one, one Ewok Trooper, and then one. you guys never yeah. find each other in like yeah. the 15 minutes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like. Where are you? I'm not even gonna try and like, kill you. I'm just gonna try and scare you. I'm gonna like I'm gonna muscle through the, the woods next to you. Air, and you just see like one little light in the corner. It's like, nah, I'm not going that far. <laughs> All right. This next news story is uh, Jeremy Bull. Is it Bullock? Is that how I say his name? Bullock. Jeremy Bullock uh, has announced his retirement. And for those of you that don't know, he was Boba Fett. He is the original one of the Boba, Boba Fett. Fetts, right? The O G B F. The man, the myth, the legend. He tweeted a statement uh, about a week ago. And he said, It is with a heavy heart that I have decided to stop attending conventions and hang up the FET helmet. It has not been an easy decision to make. In 1979, I was called onto the set of Empire Strikes Back to play Boba Fett. And since that day, it has changed the entire direction of my life in such a wonderful way. It has been a privilege... To have the opportunity to inspire so many generations of Star Wars fans. I've had over 20 years of traveling with my wife Maureen to some amazing countries and have met so many wonderful fans. Thank you all so much. We will miss you all. May the Force be with you. This reminds so, me of Chewbacca's statement, too. It's getting sad that our people are getting old. Oh, did uh, Peter Mayhews. Did uh, he say He said he... Well, he, he said, like, the last I had heard, it was like... Because he had gotten surgery on his spine, he was like, oh, I can't go to uh, the London Comic-Con that I was supposed to go it's, to. But I'm going to go to the one in spring. It's kind of an indefinite in, like, hole. People are aging by out now. It's, it's, it's really hard to travel from city yeah. to city to country to country, especially these guys. He does. Yeah, but, but he it, lives in still, England. You know, so it takes a toll. You went to Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does take a toll. Even that one one and a, one and a half hour flight, I'm like, oh god, get me off this thing. Yeah, he's uh, always been one of the, the nicest people anyway. to meet at the conventions. He's um, very good to the fans. I met him briefly at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Uh, a friend of ours was getting a, the Black Series Boba Fett figure signed, and he was the last person in line. And the convention was closed, and people were walking away. And you know, Jeremy Bullock. He, he stood there till the last person was done. He spoke to our friends, you know, took pictures with them. Like, he was really, really good. Like, it's nice when, you know, a, an actor like that who's such a... He's famous in the Star Wars community is willing to stay there until... We, I mean, we literally got kicked out of the convention center. And, you know, to meet the last person in line to actually have a conversation with them as opposed to just signing and walking away. Hmm. That's nice. That's cool. This is unrelated, uh, but I just saw that yesterday uh, was the 45th anniversary of American Graffiti. Wow, look at that. If no one's... Which is a film that I have never seen. Well, I was just going to say, if you want to see a George Lucas 
film that's excellent <laughs> like just yeah. just an excellent actual movie uh definitely yeah. check check out American Graffiti. Also, oh. Ron Howard is in it, director of Solo. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of fun to see everybody come together. Obviously, Harrison Ford is in it as well. See him as a young whippersnapper. I randomly watched the the documentary about Which George one? Lucas that came out like maybe ten years ago. The uh, oh, Creating yeah. an Empire, I think, is what it's called. And they talk, and in it, like. Uh, they talked about American Graffiti and how it was like this huge success and stuff. And I was like, I still have never seen it. It's a great <laughs> still, film. I've seen THX and I've not seen American Graffiti. It is nothing like other George Lucas films. It's a pretty straightforward kind of Happy Days-esque yeah. uh, film, but it's great. It was like a comedy or whatever, I think is the way you described it, but... Um, yeah. Oh, and also, I didn't know that he edited Raiders of the Lost Ark. Whoa. Yeah. Like, in that documentary, they were talking to Spielberg, and Spielberg was saying, he was like, yeah, my first cut of Raiders, like, was pretty good, and then I let George have it, and George <laughs> cut a bunch out of it, but in, like, really great ways. He was saying that, like, my cut had parts where it would, like, drag, and George just cut, like, all the BS out and gave it, like, an energy and a momentum that my cut didn't have. I will say, and I so, don't think that means he was the editor as much as supervising the edit. I mean, maybe. But that's not the way that... Uh, the words came uh, out? I, yeah, I, that's not the way he made it I, sound. I don't think it was George sitting there on the steam back, like, s- s- cutting Still the thing. Still a lot of stuff, Cut it this way. yeah. I've caught him in some interesting, not yeah, lies, I, I, just not truths about the the universal backlot. So, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell oh, you. Okay. I'll tell you guys. Spielberg later. shade. <laughs> All right. I love. I. I. Oh, like he, he, he claims he certain talks, things. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Okay, I get it. I hear what you mean. That'll be a Patreon exclusive. All right. So give us <laughs> Patreon money. You. Yeah. What, what, what really happened? Uh, what really happened? <laughs> Alex's place of work. Click to find out. Uh, speaking of backlots, yes. have you been to the WB? It's back cool. Lot? It's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it back there. It's really cool. Have you ever been, Becky? Have you ever been to either of the backlots? I no. I did like the Universal Studios what? backlot tour forever ago. Oh. Um, okay. But. Uh, I haven't uh, done, like, actual studio tours that you can do. Well, if you're ever in, like, L.A. or something, you should go to the WB one because it's it's kind of like the Universal one except without, like, It's, it's a little more interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they let you walk uh, around. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like, the, they would be driving us, and uh, we would get to a house, and they'd be like, yeah, so uh, this is the house from... from uh, the Gilmore Girls like reboot they did. Any fans here? And I was like, yeah. I was like, all right. Well, if you want to get out and take a picture, you better do it now because they're gonna tear this whole thing down in a week or whatever. So like, whoa. People would get off and like take pictures in front of stuff, and then he'd be like, down this street's pretty cool. You know what? Let's pull over. Let's let's yeah. pull over, and they were like, show us inside. They're super the, yeah, cool. Like, super loosey goosey to the Very point cool. to where the the tour guides, at least ours yeah. on our shuttle. Uh, had to dodge another tour guide because he randomly stopped in the middle of an intersection to be like, oh, well, let's just stop here. Let's take a picture yeah. of this. But it's 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 really cool. And they have some really cool DC stuff to look I at. I like that. He's like, you know what? You know Go what? ahead and take, take a light bulb. Take no, a door nobody away. Just take a door. 
Yeah. If they, if he said they were going to demolish it, I would have been like, um, can I go like rip out yeah. that? Can I keep the doormat? Can I? Can that be? Yeah, because I think they like f- they were explaining it because a lot of the the houses and the buildings they were showing were not totally constructed. They were like, yeah, know, templates of a house or whatever. And they were saying like, yeah, we like when a new show or something, they find it and then they just kind of build it to make it look like the way they want. But when they're done with it, we just tear it all down again. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, the best set I ever went to, I snuck on the set of um, Evan Almighty, the sequel to Bruce Almighty. Oh, yeah. Me and my friend Ann Larimer drove up to like the hills in Virginia where they were shooting in the middle of nowhere. We hiked through the woods because we were too scared to try and like bluff our way past security and then just like walked out of the woods pretending to be on our phones and look important and then we got to walk around the set all day but like they had a huge arc built and they had built facades for like a whole suburban neighborhood in the middle of nowhere in an empty valley um it was i gotta bring really impressive i gotta bring you to our Um, war of the world that's kind of weird i think you would enjoy that set why oh yeah that yeah that's pretty cool yeah the movie, the movie whatever, whatever, yeah. But the it's set's it's a fun cool. movie. I like the movie. But it has, I um, like the movie. It has Tom Cruise. Mm. But I'm a big fan of the original. I'm a big fan films, of so. of the original radio broadcasts. That's how hipster I am. <laughs> the, the one that inspired fear across Which the nation. Which apparently is yeah. a myth that was just drummed up to get publicity. <sighs> yeah, for. there's a certain point, really? portion yes. of it that is true. Uh, they did a great BBC documentary about it. And a lot of it was just fabricated to be like, this is how good it was. We scared people. But if you actually listen to the broadcast, which is really easy to find, there's intermissions and they cut here and there and they say that this is a broadcast of a stage play or of a radio play. And the timing doesn't add up yeah. either. Yeah. Like the amount of time that it would have taken for everything to happen yeah. would have been uh, a matter of days. And the, re- the, the show is only like an hour 20. But it's really well done. Yeah, and... And also the timing of the way the newspapers came out the very next morning, they wouldn't have been able oh, to yeah. collate that information. And at, like different newspapers from around the country had the same story. So it was more of like a PR stunt. Like an o- Oh, yeah. There's an article right here uh, on mental floss, the BBC Halloween hoax that Tara hears. Or maybe this is different. <laughs> anyway, no, this this is is something we else. are way off the, the track Whatever. <laughs> I love I love like weird viral marketing stuff. Yeah, so that was OG. Totally into this. All right, last last thing. Uh, it has to do with Star Wars Resistance yeah. premiering Woo-woo. two we have months no other now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. We haven't even seen it. I don't want to. I want to just go I just want to know where it's going to be aired. So this is the first time Alex knows. I was, I, I was maybe not super enthusiastic about this news. Uh polygon pictures producing animation for star wars resistance now that sounds like oh cool who's who's that um they did like one of the transform the latest transformers cartoons they do basically 3d animation that looks 2d ish well it says here they did clone they wars did, no? I think the, the uh what do you call it the latter half of the series oh no they they did the, the original new version, one but they didn't do right? every single season they did, I think, only two seasons of the. Okay. Uh, I think it might have been like the lost, um, the lost episodes, the ones of the different Netflix. But at that point, they were following the artistic direction that had already uh-huh. been established. Mm. Okay. Here's my. Here's what kind of worries me. I uh, 
do not like um, the art direction of a lot of their stuff. Like, I'm not a fan of the... It's going to make it look like 2D anime, but it's 3D. Like, I'm just not into that. Okay. But, and I know that's a me thing. <laughs> like, because immediately I went and looked them up and saw what other shows they worked on, and my heart kind of sank a little bit. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I don't know if I like this. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> um, well, but and right now it's we'll a lot of speculation. See. As soon as I we get a trailer, know. I think we'll all have a better idea of what this is going to be because right now we have some leaked images a synopsis from a foreign language announcement and nothing else and this is coming out in what two months well yeah apparently i was curious what it says here at the end of this article that it will premiere on the disney channel um and then from then on on disney xd but did have they done that before where they premiere the show yeah i think they did that with rebels okay on the actual disney Um, channel it's just because i think disney xd is like a a smaller channel right so then so they take it to the big one for the premiere and they and then they're like if you want to keep watching this show go to why don't they keep well i think you pay a higher price isn't it for disney xd like it's not a standard package for cable it's one of the higher ones yeah oh it's not basic cable it's also yeah yeah, and it's also different audiences for the most part yeah like there might be some crossover but the people who are watching disney xd are not is not the same audience watching normal disney channel so gotcha like they might just be trying to get that crossover audience to come over to disney xd for a bit but um, I, I, I don't have cable, so I usually just buy the episodes on Amazon, yeah. like, the minute they pop up, and then watch them that way. So, that's how I'll be doing that. Cool, cool. Yeah, supposedly October. So soon. That would be really cool. We're so spoiled right. that we get so much. I know. Thank you, Dave, for just pumping out amazing Hashtag content. Hashtag Clone Wars saved. You're so cool, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like it's his job, am I right? Resistance. <laughs> Hashtag Resistance when are we getting trailer? I'm gonna tweet. I'm gonna tweet that if the if the show we finally see it and it doesn't Resistance. look like my worst nightmare. <laughs> if, it, if it actually looks cool, then I'll be like, yeah, Star Wars Resistance saved. Well, it's good yeah, to have right. low expectations. Yeah. Low to no expectations. Because you can't disappoint yourself your any more than what you and already fandom. are. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's gonna be a good show, honestly. And it's gonna fill oh in a, a time gap that we don't have information yeah. on that we want more stuff on. Like I'm excited. And I'm into and I'm into the fighter pilot thing. I want more like Rogue Squadron, uh, fighter pilot stuff. Yeah. Like, like there were how many? There were like fifteen, uh, <laughs> Rogue oh, Squadron yeah. books like in Legends. It's like we better get the come on. Let's get this going, you guys. Anyway, uh, how about uh, Creature of the Week? Let's do it. All right. Good job, Bob. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> so our creature of the week actually has to uh, coincides a little bit with the Tuscan Raider. We're talking about the Bantha. <laughs> Bantha Poodoo. A.K.A. elephants <laughs> with a bunch of stuff on them. Ba- Banthas were a species of large, hairy mammals with sharp, spiraling horns. They inhabited the desert planet Tatooine, and though they were bred on many worlds throughout, although they were bred throughout many worlds on the galaxy, I got the cadence of that all wrong. They were social herd animals and were often domesticated and used 
prominently. Prominently? <laughs> I, I thought it was... Wine. Okay, I, I'm having... <laughs> Here, what, what? I'm having a lot of brain farts today. I my, part of me was like it's predominantly, but then there was no D, no. so I just kept trying to add, read it over and over again. Here. And just prom, hoping like prom to death. Yeah, it's like oh if I if I <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was like if I just read it like four more times, <laughs> the D will appear. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> used prominent <laughs> used prominently by Tuscan Raiders as mounts and companionship. That's weird. <laughs> Though they were never, though they were never, though they never killed them for, god damn it, <laughs> though they never killed them for food or hide, a use utilized by many, oh well, my we goodness, Wikipedia, <laughs> no, <laughs> leave it in, bithas were used for food and hide, alright? They weren't by Tuscan Raiders. Is what that says, but other oh, species. Oh yeah, there is a never in there, huh? Other species there use them for bantha steak, bantha butter, and clothes or furniture. I think that's nice though that the Tuscan Raiders butter. didn't. They're kind of like cows to them. They were. I was gonna they say they're besties. They're like it's, cow it's dogs shirt. because they herded, but they were also uh, what do you call cow it? Um, companionship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cow. they loved. They were cow offense. Well, this next bit's really sweet, and I'll read that so that Josh doesn't hurt his brain. The sand people and Banthas shared a close, almost mystical bond. Uh, During warrior initiation rites, a young Tuscan was given a Bantha matching their own gender and learned to care for it, with the pair becoming extremely close as the youth earned a place in its clan. Um, It reminds me of, like, the Navi and their dudes that they love, and they put their little hair things together. I'll read this next part. Oh, yeah, you I'll read this one. Now owned when by Disney. When sand people married, their banthas also mated, and should its rider die, their bantha usually perished shortly after. If a bantha died before its rider, its remains were placed in a large graveyard, which was treated with great respect by Tuscans and other banthas. So it's interesting that the banthas are also... Aww. So at some point, they had to have had some sort of sentience because they're... they're looking at a graveyard with respect like the actual creature itself i don't know like dogs do that kind of yeah, stuff elephants well elephants that. really are like the kings of that shiz they travel yeah. and like pay respects and stuff so clearly they're modeled yeah. after an elephant but it's interesting because we talked about the tuscans as being such pretty much jerks but they really love their banthas mm-hmm. that's super special did, did you guys see that uh scientific report that came out that about elephants where uh they found out that the elephants' brains react the same way when they see us as we react when we see dogs. Like, they Aww. basically think that we're, like, cute. Oh, that's just I'm, way better than we deserve. I'm good for that. Elephants are one of my favorite animals. I love them. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit more information down here. Um, early concept art from Ralph Mukari. Imagine the Bantha to be played by a horse. Um, is that's how he drew it. It's how it would look over a horse head, but ended up being played by an elephant, which I honestly did not know until I saw it on Tumblr, on this Tumblr Star Wars facts page. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and you can see the pictures of an elephant being decked out in the Bantha garb. Um, it was played by a 22-year-old female Asian elephant named Margie. 
Um, oh, Margie. Who went on to live a wonderful life. Apparently, she was really cute and really playful, and like she ruined <laughs> a lot of takes by putting her trunk through the front of the mask, but everyone mm-hmm. loved her so much that they let it go. And apparently, she, she really liked being in Death Valley. She like romped around and was super happy there. Um, and the sound that they use for Banthas are bear recordings that are slowed down. Um, yeah. So that's kind of interesting as well. He used a lot of bears and lions and things. Yeah. For stuff. Which I find interesting. So there you go. There it is. That's going to do it for this episode of Long Time Ago Radio. Uh, if you are interested in following me on the Twitters, you can find me at the Jawa Josh. Where can they find you, good folks? You can find me at Rebecca June Lane on Twitter, and our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me radio. on Instagram, Dapper underscore Fet, Facebook.com slash long time ago radio. Go check it out. Uh, we we do have an Instagram, Instagram so again, thank you to everyone who took bit, part in actually. our San Diego Comic Con scavenger hunt. It's, it was a lot of fun. Our Instagram, I believe it's the same as our Twitter, correct? It is. Yeah. Synergy. It's uh, LTA underscore radio. And well, we should also pimp the Patreon. Uh, oh, yeah. Patreon slash long time ago radio if you want to get yeah. some cool swag or yeah. if you want access to our outtakes, funny moments. We have watch alongs. We're going to do Caravan of Courage this week. Oh, yeah. I know. That's the, uh, the August watch along is Caravan of Courage. And then don't get your hopes up for anything cool because like september's yeah. watch along probably gonna be hey, the sequel the best <laughs> thing about that is the sequel you kind of get the first ideas of the, the what do you call it the space witches the night sisters you get the first oh, inklings right. of night sisters so it's night sisters some, and all something that. redeemable yeah we'll talk about it have have any of us actually seen caravan of courage uh, uh, caravan i of saw courage. it I when i was a child a quite a few times but it was disconnected from my Star Wars fandom. I watched it way before when I was much younger. So I have no real memory of it. My sister says it sounds like the the it, title of a Care Bear movie. It doesn't, it doesn't and hold it would up. Be, it, 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 the Caravan would be like in big letters. Caravan of Courage. Anyway. The Care Bear of Courage. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't hold up very well. So it's you'll you'll see it. Low expectations. Low expectations. Did it hold up Watching at all? Watching it as a kid, I the really real enjoyed question. it. Watching it now... Uh, it's it's like when you watch Transformers Beast Wars. Back then you thought it was amazing and you watch it now and you're like, oh, that wasn't that good. Well, we will yeah. try and make our commentary yes. entertaining. But it's to definitely make a fun for... movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's worth a watch. We'll work on it. Cool. Alright, everybody. That's going to do it for this show. Uh, have a have a wonderful weekday, night, whatever whatever's going on in your life. Happy Star Wars. You, and goodbye. Bye.